are you pointing at me? Because you're the man. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> thanks, Dubsy. Have, uh, I think I, I've fallen in love with the Hulk Hogan uh, gifts. Okay. Because they're <laughs> oh, so... Yeah, you have you sent a bunch to me already. They're so good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love it. I love it. Like, at work, uh, <laughs> somebody on my team... I remember this was when I first started at my job. Within the first two weeks, three weeks... And somebody on my team said, "Hey, do you wanna, do you wanna try this out and get your hands wet with this?" And I set the Hulk Hogan turning and tearing his shirt off. <laughs> That's not even. You told me about that, and I think you sent me the exact gif because, or no, you sent me the gif, and then you told me that story, and you sent this is the gif I sent. Yeah, that doesn't even mean like yes. You didn't even answer yes, their question. <laughs> yes, it does. No. It's. He's pulling it with excitement. It's, it's, it's like Ric Flair saying woo. It's the same thing. It's like 100%. It's just... It's that's, amazing. That's been your, your gift game recently oh, as Hulk Hogan? Or like the point when he does that. Oh, well, first of all, yeah. you're, you're not a wrestling guy. No, but I, I know the, the, old, the old school oh, he stuff. Would, Hulk Hogan would be like enraged and then he would like jazz himself up and then he would just go, you, and everybody goes, would he point to a random person in the no, audience? No, he would point to the person across oh, that he's the about ring, to his opponent. His ass. <laughs> yeah, and the Hulk, because he'd be getting like uh, hulked up. Hulkamania. Hulk, he would getting yeah. He would get hulked up, and he'd just be like, like just rage, like like pretending to rage out, and the crowd would be cheering him on. And then when he finally t- does this, he like spins his finger, and then he just goes like that, and he has like these giant eyes, and the whole yeah. crowd yells, <laughs> and then and then. It's the uh, one, two, three, where he would do like massive like head punches, like one, and the whole crowd would yell one, and then two, <laughs> and then three, and then the guy would fall down, and then he'd get back up, and Ice. then Hulk Hogan would go off the go off the uh, what is it, the ropes, the ropes. He would come off the ropes, and he would like he would do the big kick, and that was like the setup for his move, mm. the leg drop. So he would mm. do the big kick, and the guy would go down, and that's when everybody would be freaking out. And he would do the the can you hear yeah. on each side on each four, and then he would run into the rope, and then he would run back and do the giant leg drop because he has massive fucking legs. <laughs> like even back in his prime, you see how he walks. Yeah, his frame is so big, and his <laughs> legs are so big. He has to walk like a. He's like, like a, walking on two of you. Yeah, it's like a gate. <laughs> The way he yeah. walks because his legs are so huge. And when he would drop the leg, he would drop this massive, like, dinosaur leg just <laughs> down on people. It was, it's, yeah, classic. And I never even watched Hulk Hogan in his prime. Mm. I, I, I was just, I was into the Attitude Era of wrestling. And Hulk Which Hogan, is like The Rock, right? The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, yeah. Kurt Angle, Chris Jericho, yeah. like Team Extreme, the Dudley Boys, all that stuff. Christian and Edge. And that led into the NWO resurgence with Hulk Hogan, who mm. came back. And that led into the, in my opinion, still like the biggest thing ever for me. I, I, I didn't even watch it, but when I heard it was going down, I thought that was amazing. Hulk Hogan versus The Rock. Ooh. And it was for who was the people's yeah. champion. Who was the people's Like favorite. the greatest wrestler of all time. Yeah. And yeah. I think The Rock won. Mm. Um, but it, he's the new guy and he's the, I they think, need to keep the franchise going by saying he's better than Hulk Hogan. But here's the thing. The rock was on his way out because oh, of the movies. Okay. It That's was just true. a thing. The a weird thing with the rock is he's never fully closed the door. So like, he'll, pop he back randomly up pop, yeah. he'll randomly pop back up and just show up at a wrestling show, do some lines or he'll do a quick little wrestling match and then he'll just peace out. 
I, I want him to go back into the ring and be like current Dwayne Johnson, like just oh, super inspirational <laughs> and just like buy a truck for somebody in the audience <laughs> and then just like completely drop a guy. He's bigger. He's so much bigger now than he was when he was so wrestling. much bigger now. Like I watched the his old thing. Like I've seen I recently watched like a bunch of old clips. I think it was actually in this room with me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we watched like the. 20 minutes of yeah. just all-time wrestling highlights um and like that stank face he used to do uh the eyebrow like puny yeah back when he had hair and in, in comparison to now yeah yeah that's another new that's a, another powerful gif i love sending is when it's time for uh you know pew pews as we call it yeah um with my crew of friends when we play call of duty yeah. like when you sound the horn yeah my thing now is uh <laughs> also i now send the rock smelling things yeah so like he'll get on the turnbuckle and i'll just go like that. <laughs> That's a good one. And it's fantastic. And it works perfectly. <laughs> That's... That's like my favorite spirit of how gifts can be used. <laughs> it's like we're gonna play. We're gonna play Overwatch. Do you want to play Overwatch? And then you send like the manliest jacked man doing something incredibly manly to say, "Yeah, I'm down." <laughs> like I, after we recorded a couple episodes ago, we were just giggling going through our bat past gifts that we sent for uh, when we play Overwatch. There's that one that scam sent of <laughs> just. <laughs> No conversation was happening, and it was just Gimli blowing on the horn, just, and we all knew what it meant, and somebody just said, like, I'll be on at eight. It's so good. Yeah, it's it's perfect, man. You, you sound the horns of battle. That's Yeah, I love it. It's just... And it's like 100% not what that GIF was uploaded for. Like, that's not what that person was thinking it was going to be used for. No, but, really uh, good. but the lights of Gondor... The, fire, <laughs> the fires have been lit. The fires have been lit. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's how it goes. So anyway. Anyways. I read that uh, the article you told me to read last night because I'm a hockey boy now. Yeah, I sent you two articles. So for those listening, uh, the Players Tribune uh, is a website that hosts pretty much firsthand accounts and stories by people in the industry. Mm -hmm. And in this case, two stories I sent you, I'm just telling people so they're up to speed, is there will be blood by Chris Draper of the Red Wings, Which talking is a about fantastic read, talking about the Colorado Avs and uh, Detroit Red Wings feud. Yeah, and then um, the other one, uh, the Zebra uh, thing, was by Kelly, and that's uh, a, a ref's recount of what it means to be a ref and what it's like mm. to be a ref. And it goes back like ref's involvement in the game goes back into the entire culture of the game. Like, mm -hmm. there's fighting because the idea is the refs will not protect you. Got it. So there's this weird dynamic with refs and players and this weird understanding with the audience with the refs. Yeah. Where the audience hates the ref. Yeah. But they understand the ref or the ref's on their side. Got it. Every sport has it, but in hockey, it's so unique because you understand that the game is so fast, they physically cannot catch it. Yeah. And that's why the NHL is having problems in, like instilling new technology to try to help the refs mm -hmm. like the slow-mo cam when things are offsides the zone entry calls how each bench has one call one questionable card they can pull to be like i don't agree with that call by the ref mm -hmm. on the offsides and they'll look closer and, and they look it. closer and they're like 
it wasn't offsides. Yeah. Like that was that that goal was now disallowed because mm. they scored because they were offsides. They had advantage and mm. the ref couldn't physically catch it. Yeah, because there's so much happening so fast. And it's so many so rules, fast. so many pieces. And so because of that, and it's weird, and especially if you start watching hockey and you get into it, you'll quickly fall into it. We're like, what the fuck, ref? Mm. Because there'll be like an egregious hit on a guy, and you're just like, there's a ref right there. That's that's a dangerous hit. Why did but you he just happen to be looking over there? And or they just didn't call it. They just watched it happen. They just, oh, I'm stupid, and they just let it happen. And then, <laughs> then the play goes down the ice. I all of a sudden know exactly what you mean by fans not liking the ref <laughs> because of the way you just described that. Blah, I'm stupid. I'm sorry. I, I I fucking hate refs. And then and then you have um and then they'll call you know like a tiny tap on the hand and they'll be like, oh that's slashing. And it's like, yeah, the, you didn't see the cross check to the throat that the guy's spitting up teeth. <laughs> and that's how and that's what happens when things escalate in games, because the players as a player who's experienced this in league games, you get pissed as fuck. Yeah. I remember one time I got ran over and the ref was right next to me and he didn't call it. The play went up and kept going. So I got up, turned to the ref and I just, just said, oh, so that's not a fucking call. All right, I'll show you a call. And I booked it down the ice on the guy and I fucking hit him i fucking hit him and then and then there was a penalty and then i was talking shit and i was like oh so that's a call all right cool now i know the boundaries you know i mean i had a problem when i was a captain at one of my games where the other team was being really rough against my team Mm -hmm. and i get it it's hockey but i have a lot of substitutes on my team Mm because i was short on my bench i called in a bunch of friends and they're really fucking good Mm. like former college prep school like super high level compared to what i am yeah and they were taking it easy and they kept getting cheap shot they kept getting like digged at because all the other players on the team knew they were good and were just getting pissed off Mm -hmm. it's like oh that guy deeks past me i'm gonna hit him next time i'm gonna i'm gonna tap his ankles and he'll know not to do that Mm -hmm. so after the second period after two periods of this i go up to the reps in between the 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 uh periods and i say just a quick question because my team's wondering because we're talking about it on bench we feel like it's escalating a bit in the physical side like we just want to know what the level is going to be for it to be called a penalty so we know what to look out for and how to prepare and the ref gave me attitude and said it's hockey it's always physical you just gotta deal with it and i just said all right is that the limit though because i mean they're they've been going at us for two periods now and we've been pretty calm I just, I just want to know because my guys are going to take care of it if, if it doesn't get stopped. And they said, stop complaining. Go back to your bench. All right. So I said, okay. So I went back to my bench and, and they said, what did the ref say? And I said, the ref said, I, I told them what the ref said. And I said, looks like we're looking out for ourselves, everybody. <laughs> so if you want, if, so I turned to the subs and I said, if you guys want to turn it up, turn it up. And they did. <laughs> and they all of a sudden, they're deking through four guys and slamming home pucks from the top of the circles. And they're just they're just shitting on everybody. Yeah. Because it was like, oh, okay, so now we're going to, we're not going to take it anymore. Yeah. So now we were holding back. So yeah. now we're just going to ramp it up. And that, of course, pisses off the other side. Because they're like, oh, my God, they're way better than we thought they were. <laughs> and they're they were bluffing. They were bluffing. Yeah. And they're crushing <laughs> us. So now they're trying to get more physical. And then it's hilarious because... They never played the level that that yeah. they, that my teammates played. So my teammates are on the ice saying, you sure you want it? You sure you want it? Okay. And then they would run like an entry zone play, <laughs> smash them to pieces, and then just say, you guys wanted it. And then yeah. when they started to get physical, same thing. I remember one of the guys said, 
hey man if you want to keep it physical if you want to make this physical we can i don't want to but if you want to <laughs> and then the next play he cleaned him just clean because they're used to playing contact hockey yeah adult league hockey is not supposed to be contact hockey yeah you have prep school and like club college player playing uh players playing hockey they hit all the time they have stitches already <laughs> yeah so like if you think that they don't know how to play the hitting game you're completely wrong and yeah. it's a completely different game when you play body and then guess what happened a full line brawl yeah third period final five minutes five on five full fight <laughs> perfect full five on five fight refs called the game and said everybody get off the ice no more because they lost control of it and getting off the ice i yelled at him i said is this the limit? Is this? I mean, we told you we would take care of it. Is this? Is this the physical part you were talking about of hockey? <laughs> that's so good. And that's I was like, so I hockey. Get, I was like, I don't, but that's that happens not to the same. That, that can't happen in the same part of the NHL. Yeah, where that happens, and it's you'll see it as a fan if you watch enough where it does happen. Where it's yeah. like, why was there like a full full brawl? It's because the refs lost control of the game. Got they it. didn't call it for one team. They don't call it for one team because for whatever reason they just don't see it or they don't believe in it being the limit. Mm. That team thinks it's a it's a problem because they're not being protected. Yeah. So we got to look out for each other now. Yeah. So if you run into my guy and I know the ref's not going to call it, well now I'm going to uh, now I'm, I'm going to punch run you. into you <laughs> or punch you. Now I'm going to punch you or I'm going to cross check <laughs> you in the face, and that's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have it's just mayhem, and that's what happens in hockey, and it's because of that weird culture that I can't explain, mm. but. Sorry, that was a huge rant because refs, man. I fucking hate refs. I'm sorry. I almost became a ref. I just ooh, I you just hated yourself. Yeah, it's just it's because of it's just like I believe in in the in respecting the referees and and their calls, but a part of it comes down to are you just being disrespectful? And in that moment when I went up to them and asked politely, like my team, my guys just want me to ask as the captain, what's the level going to be? What's the standard? Because we don't want to get a whole bunch of calls mm-hmm. against us. If we do the same thing, we just, and the fact that you were so flippant and rude, yeah, you don't need to do that. I'm not trying to be an asshole. Mm-hmm. I understand that a lot of players are assholes to refs and they get it right back at them. I was a very polite, calm, composed guy asking a question. Yeah. And they gave me the middle finger. Yeah. And that's when it was Okay, all right. Then I'm going to tell my guys to go ahead and unleash themselves, yeah. and then it's going to get out of control. Wow. Because they were they were holding back. And then if they want to play body, that's fine. You, you think playing checking, turning it into a checking game against former college club players and prep school players is a good idea when you're in your 40s and 50s <laughs> against, like, mid-20s, yeah. 20-year-old guys? Go ahead. See what happens. And you saw what happened. You guys got cleaned. So the article is by a ref talking about like what it is like zebra. to be a ref. Yeah, yeah. The, the zebra is. But yeah. you read There Will Be Blood. I read There Will Be Blood, which what did was you fascinating. Think? It was so cool because, A, I love a good – I'm not into sports, but I'm way into sports rivalries. Like right. That's such a cool thing for me. And like reading into like how they start and how they escalate and <clears> then <throat> there's like a boiling point, a tipping point. The way the article is written – was also so good. Like that a hockey player, what was his name? Chris Draper. Chris Draper. Such a fantastic writer. <laughs> like I was hooked uh, immediately. Um, like it talks about when um, the French name? Patrick Wa. No, the one who slammed him into the wall. Oh, uh, Claude Lemieux. Yeah, Lemieux. When Lemieux uh, broke his face. <laughs> yep. And then shattered like, his face. Literally shattered. Caved, like- he kept saying caved in my face. Yeah, um, it was bad. Yeah, it was really bad. Um, 
but it talks about that and then it it's like the story doesn't actually start there the story starts back here when i was a kid and the kid made fun of me in school saying i'll never be a hockey player and the way he was so sure about it stuck out to me and then everybody has a story like that and then uh wah uh was our goalie and there was this one game is really bad he let four goals in, in and Montreal. five yeah. and then six and seven and eight and he was so mad he eventually took himself off the ice and he told the manager this is gonna be my last game for this yep. team and then he was traded like three days later <laughs> Yep. Um, and then he was traded to the Avs. Um, and then, like, the rivalry kind of started there. And then, like, how it escalated. And then, out of nowhere, Lemieux just broke his face. <laughs> and people are like, what the fuck? Uh, and, like, people are waiting for the payback. Oh, man. And I don't want to, like, spoil it because it, like... <laughs> I mean, it happened back in, like, the in 90s. 90. <laughs> well, in the I mean, mid-90s, but, yeah. I'm a new hockey fan, True, and I still haven't watched fan. a game. I would say I'm right, not right. a hockey fan yet, but right. I'm going to be a hockey fan. Yeah. Uh, I mean, hopefully. Hopefully it's not one of those interested interests where I'm obsessed about it for, like, a week, and then I'm like, eh, who fucking cares? Uh, um, true, true. But uh, I, watched the, uh, I watched the video last week. And then still reading how it led up to that point. And then I rewatched the video in the driveway here. And I was like, holy shit. It makes like, sense. It makes so much more sense, sense now. And so you could see sense. the moments he was talking about. And like it was like three whole paragraphs where he describes this like 30 second brawl. Uh, and like from his point of view, it was so cool. Yeah. And then like what happened after that. And then like years later, there was like the classic like epilogue yeah. <laughs> paragraph of years later. Now we're here and blah, blah, blah. Then he tied it back to the beginning about when he was a kid. It was really good. It's really good. It's just a really good story. It's a fantastic thing. Yeah. It's um. It's real. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. But I, I would have sucked if you're like whatever. It's a story. I would be like, <laughs> oh come on. You want to be into hockey? You got to understand it. But like, yeah. that explains. Like you heard it in the video. Can you imagine what it was like being a fan and oh, watching that? God. And if you were a Red Wings fan. And you had the... Ju- That's another weird thing. There's a gang justice you get from hockey. Yeah. Where it's like you 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 feel... you. It's weird. I understand there's a tribe mentality in all sports. Mm-hmm. But in hockey, I still think it's super unique because there's fighting. Yeah. There's blood. <laughs> there's punching There's regularly. punching. There's, ju- there's literal justice. Yeah. There was a huge incident um, with a guy named Matthew Kachuk. Uh, no, not Matthew Kachuk. Oh, uh, yeah, Matthew Kachuk and um, Zach Cassian. Mm-hmm. And this is, there's two teams. They're on separate teams. Zach Cassian's on the Edmonton Oilers. Mm-hmm. And uh, Matthew Kachuk is on uh, the Calgary Flames. Mm-hmm. And they are rivals. They are t- traditional rivals. And they typically have something called the Battle of Alberta, mm-hmm. which is every time they play each other. They used to have such heated battles back in the day. That that's just what it's called when they when they clash. Now everybody has said the Battle of Alberta is dead mm. because they haven't had that intensity in a while. For whatever reason, because Matthew Kachuk is an agitator and he literally likes pissing people off, he starts taking runs at Zach Cassian, mm. who's who's a who's a grinder, who's yeah. a guy who fights, who yeah. hits and fights. Um, I mean, he's good at other things too, but for the purpose of the story, he's known for being a hard ass. Mm. And he hit him and went after him all game. Uh, Kachuk did against Cassian. To the point where when the game was over, it, it went, it, it, Cassian flipped out. 
I mean, you can look it up afterwards. He flips out. He gets hit, loses his helmet from the hit, Ooh. immediately throws down, grabs Kachuk, and just starts sucker, just <laughs> slamming into him. And it turned into, everybody was like, the Battle of Alberta is back. Oh, the rivalry is here again. It's, it's reignit, reignited. And I like reignit. <laughs> yeah. Reignit. Reignite. And, <laughs> and it was cool because it, it goes back to the culture where even though this was just from like this year, like 2019 season, mm-hmm. and fighting's going down, and the game's changing to be a more speed and skill game. It's less about the slug and fight kind of style. The thing that's really unique is everybody kept talking about the code mm. of, well, you started this, so you're responsible for this, so now you pay for it. Mm. So, and so the conversation with professional sports analysts on TV, announcers, like, <laughs> Dapper suit, yeah. tie, clean shaven, like like dressed hair and makeup on TV, saying as talk, talking points on, on on shows. Well, Kachuk has to fight him. You don't not you 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 just don't f- avoid the fight with with Cassian next game. You can't. That's not how this works. If let me tell you something. If you avoid that fight, what does that say about you? What does that say about your character? Oh my god! What does that say about your team? That's that you, such a weird sport. <laughs> you're not willing to stand up for yourself and your actions, so you wait for your you ask for your teammates to cover up for your problem and for your your mess that you made. No, no. If you, if Kachuk does that and turtles the fight and doesn't fight Cassian in the next game, well then he's going to be shamed out of that locker room mm. because you earn your blood, sweat, and tears in hockey. And if you don't do that, then you're out. Wow professionals yeah. <laughs> like super pristine professionals talking about how there must be violence there must be blood and i'm sure he's like watching it at home like fuck I have yes to fight this guy and th- that's the thing uh kachuk's known for not being the guy who will fight he's known for being like i'm gonna stir the pot and then we'll get a penalty we'll get a power play for it yeah because they're they're gonna come after me he can fight but he's just not known for it and the big build-up to their to the to their next game was is Kachuk going to answer the bell? What is he going to do? What is it going to say about him? What is it going to say about the Kachuk family? He's the son of a very famous Kach- uh, mm. hockey player, Keith Kachuk, yeah. a Hall of Fame player. What did that say about his upbringing? What did his father think about him? Oh my god! Yes, that's how deep it goes in the hockey dynasty. culture. Yes, what does it what does it say about his family name if he doesn't stand up for the hockey Jesus. code? Jesus, he so he needs to stand up for it. You can't have your teammate. A teammate who can fight step in for you to fight when you started this. Mm. That's not hockey. You stand, but you stand your ground, and you fight when it's your it's it's your responsibility. Mm. And sure enough, they lined up next to each other. Like I think it was in the second period, Zach Cassian lined up on the left, and then Kachuk skated in on the right, and you could see Cassian and him talking. Puck dropped, and then they did it. They just and- fought. Just like uh, puck drop. Okay, because let's he fight had now. to, and it turns out Cassian was saying like, "So you're gonna do it or what?" And Chuck just looked at him, and then Cassian. I think I'm pretty sure he said because they were replaying it. He said, "I appreciate you doing this." Interesting. Why? The code. Oh, okay. I appreciate you. I appreciate you being because now I respect you because you're willing to fight for yourself. Mm. Because now you're earning my respect because you started the ship, but you're gonna stand by it. Wow. And you're gonna pay the repercussions <laughs> of it. And then punch, punch, punch. And then we're fighting. Yeah. And that's what happened. And that's the hockey code. And that's culture. That's S- the hockey culture. Sports, man. That's 
hockey. What other that's hockey. What other sports is there fighting like that? None. Like nothing, that's why right? it's hockey. Every once in a while, a bunch of baseball players will get all pissy. No, and they like, hug and they they hug and try to hug harder. That's all they try to do. That is. <laughs> I was thinking of the Red Sox Yankees brawl. I guess so, or like okay, Veritex well, shoved well, okay, Alex say, Rodriguez's face. I was gonna say some. There, there have been some bad baseball incidents. Um, Red Sox Yankees usually has drawn the biggest ire because they yeah. do go at it. Like, which that's it's bad. Like, it's I bad. Don't like sports and I hate baseball. Baseball sucks. <laughs> don't at me. Uh, but like, I every once in a while, like every two years or something, I'd be like, "Ooh, yeah, let me watch that fight again." There, there's a. F- I forget who did it. It's hilarious. <laughs> I forget what happened. I think he got hit. The pitcher hit the batter. The batter throws the bat on the ground, donkey kicks the catcher, and then just <laughs> runs at the pitcher. Was that Red Sox Yankees? I think it was. Yeah. I don't know. A baseball fan will know better than me. But donkey <laughs> kicks the catcher, <laughs> just bam, and just and then just shoots for the pitcher. Um, no, like there's depth. There's definite. There, there's a difference. There's definite bad blood in baseball, and yeah. baseball is actually, I think more intense because there's no stopping of like a full a full like team versus team 20 versus 20 yeah yeah you like you'll have the coach the coaches versus the coach can just run on the field right there yeah hockey there's a stanchion and there's ice so really it's really hard if you have skates and yeah and there's a rule you can't jump over the boards Mm. to join a fight and if you do you get suspended from the game or from like a few games depends on what you do oh wow but typically it's like one two game suspension if you jump over the board to join a fight wow so bench clearing in hockey doesn't happen often five on five that can happen because they're all on the ice yeah but baseball is like 30 versus 30 it's like it's a gang war (laughs) yeah that's why the the red sox uh yankees one is so crazy because it's like veritek like walks up to a rod he's like what the fuck blah 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 and then uh a rod's like what are you gonna do what are you gonna and he just fucking pushes his face with his glove on and there's that famous picture of like his face getting all smushed Mushed, yeah. that my dad used to have framed in our living room because he's a huge red sox, red sox fan. fan yeah dude it's, uh, and then it was just like whoosh, like gang war around those two i forget when i want to say it was er, like late 90s early 2000s um i'm not a baseball guy so i don't know but i remember there was a period of time where if you had a yankees jersey on in mm. boston you got jumped i uh i went to a couple of those games with my dad and his friend like, there was a guy who, like, my dad was worried for his safety because yeah. he was definitely in, like, the Red Sox area of the seats. Like, you could sit wherever you want. There's not, like, a yeah. home away team. But, like, usually, like, the Yankees fans sit over there or whatever. He was, like, in way up in the cheap seats with us. And he was, like, cheering every time they would score. And people were like, shut the fuck up. And, like, <laughs> some guy, like, threw a beer at yeah, him. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's, it's, there was a period, of, there was, like, a solid, I want to say, four to six year time frame where it was, you don't wear Yankee gear in Boston. You don't wear Boston gear in certain parts of New York. Yeah. That's just not how it works. Yep. And if you do, you get what's coming to you. Yeah, exactly. That's how it is. That's the, that's the rule of the streets. Like, yeah. that's how deep that rivalry goes. So, yeah, no. The difference is because of fighting in hockey, like I said, there's a code to it. Mm-hmm. It's it's just like like if Kachuk didn't fight Zach Cassian, that would have been a problem for him and the team for the rest of the season because yeah. the media would not shut up about it. Because right. it would be 
Kachuk creates problem for his teammates. Kachuk's not a good teammate. Kachuk doesn't have good character. Mm. Kachuk's not a got not a team player. He only thinks about himself, so he's a selfish hockey guy. <laughs> Who wants that in their locker room? Who knows if they're going to renew his contract? They should trade him for they should trade him for something because they get yeah. more out of a draft pick than out of a guy who just thinks for himself. It's fascinating. Yeah, I can't dude. wait. When does the season start? And is the season going to start? It's already started. Really? Exhibition game started yesterday. Wow. So because of the COVID stuff, they're yeah. doing a very unique format. Long story short, today I think was the last day of the exhibition games mm-hmm. to get everybody back into like, hey, don't like get used to playing again. Mm-hmm. And then they go into qualifying games. Okay. Where it's a best of series. And the Kraken isn't, they're not a team yet, right? They don't no. have any players? No, 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 no. no. Is Kraken going to be in this season? This season? No. Oh, okay. Gotcha. No. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. They'll be in next season, though, right? Probably. They should, yeah. Do they have a stadium? Yep. Or a, a, is it called a stadium? Arena? Oh, yeah. They have a crazy... You, so, you, as a oh, new fan, you should know this. Amazon, right? Mm, I don't think it's Amazon. You should know this. With their arena, because mm-hmm. Seattle had a hockey arena already. Oh, yeah. They legally could not demolish it. Oh. So, they had to keep this super old arena. Yeah. So, the owners, I think... Bruckheimer is one of the founders. Jerry Bruckheimer? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Is one of the guys who's funding it. Okay. They said, well, here's what we'll do. We will update everything about this arena. Mm -hmm. So they brought in a contractor and a construction crew. They lifted the arena, dug into the foundation, redid everything from the ground up. The wiring, the plumbing. Beyond that, their I, their goal is for a 100% renewable, recyclable facility. Hell yeah. And the arena is called, I think it's like the Clean Energy uh, Arena. That's kind of lame. Um, well, it's, <laughs> but like, whatever. It's very Seattle. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> it sure then, is. And then they're dropping it back down. Go cracking. Lis- I've been listening to a lot of interviews about the difficulties they've had with going to their suppliers and saying, hey, so we're going to use you as the supplier for our beverages, right? Mm-hmm. Soda, um alcohol everything else but we need everything to be recyclable renewable and they all said what <laughs> they were like yeah do that. so we can't do styrofoam we can't do plastic we can't do and you need to do we need we need we will not sign the contract unless you do x y and z and their and their suppliers the the story about the supplier saying you want us to change our entire manufacturing process for this yep and they said yep <laughs> <laughs> love it and they said uh, we'll come back with ideas. We'll find out. <laughs> and they found out how to do it. Oh, yes. So they, Go crack it, man. They're hitting... They're also the only organization, to my knowledge, that are going for a full diversity campaign. And I think they're the only team that has a female executive. Okay. Like... Cool. There's this weird divide between the, the men and the women in the hockey world mm-hmm. where... The NHL and just men's hockey in general is literally coined the old boys club Mm -hmm. because they don't change. They're all old uh, in their mindset and their traditions. It's where you get this stuck up hockey culture kind of idea. Yep. Um, But to be forward thinking about stuff like the Kraken are Mm -hmm. is so crazy. Like if you if you follow any of the podcasts or shows that I that I listen to, Mm -hmm. the topic isn't just are are they going to be good? Nobody knows. Their topic is, are they going to be allowed to do this because everybody else is going to say that's too out there? That's too extreme. Like, you can't do that. That's not hockey. You can't have that color on the ice because that's just too extreme. Mm -hmm. You can't have 
those things on your jersey because that's just not traditional. That's mm. not classic hockey here. It's a weird like resistance to change in hockey. Yeah. And part of that is allowing women from the professional woman side of hockey in. And there's a weird divide and and, and talk about that. That's so, stupid. It is. That's why Seattle is saying we're going to do everything our own way, such as a fully recyclable, renewable process for our arena, mm-hmm. such as hiring women for yeah. roles that we think they're capable of, for having initiatives for us as an organization, for doing X, Y, and Z, for having these colors. Love it. We don't care about this or that. That's my team, man. That's your team. Love them. Mm. I've been I've been a fan since the beginning. <laughs> since, since last week. Since eight days ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man, such a big fan. I just think back to, like, where I was eight days ago. Hadn't yeah. even won a game yet. Yep. <laughs> They've never been to the playoffs. I, it's a um, long history. <laughs> I'm so excited. I can't wait for you to get into hockey. Like I can't wait it. to get a jersey. To get a jersey. <laughs> so far, I'm probably not into it for the right reasons, because going to be completely honest, still number one is uh, graphic design. The graphic <laughs> design. The graphic design is why I'm a fan of that team. It is just... Mm. Um, but I also I just love Seattle. I've been once, and I was like, yeah. If I ever make a drastic move across the country here, hey, you should uh, you should definitely watch um, Seattle Kraken games because they're going to have a huge ceremony for the first game. It's oh, going to be yeah. state of the art like uh, entertainment for laser shows and light shows on the ice, which is really cool. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I want. In my it's, sports. It's going to be so cool, and yeah. then you get to watch uh, hopefully. The a good team, a ridiculously good team, because they just get to cherry pick the best yeah, probably. team imaginable. Yeah, probably, I won't be surprised. <laughs> I hope so. I hope they're like this super groundbreaking, forward-thinking team that everybody hates, and they just fucking wipe. <laughs> they just rip ass all year. <laughs> I'll be so pissed if they do. <laughs> Why? Just because of the whole thing of they get to pick whoever they want, and that's not fair. Yeah, yeah. It's just my stance. If I just don't think it's, but there's it, no other it way. It doesn't seem fair. But no, but you know what? It's the only way to expand the league with a new team, and immediately it's on even ground. Immediately they're 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 competing. Yeah. Because if not, then they're going to be last place for like ten years, and they're going to have to like work their way up. Yeah. yeah. So to make them a viable option of being a competitive team immediately is it's I get it. I yeah. Get it. Cool. Moving on. Moving on. Um, have you seen the Last Dance? The Last Dance. It's on is Netflix. That, is that a hockey thing? No. Is it a dancing thing? No. Is it a, it's a martial thing. arts thing? Huh? It's a sports thing. No. Uh, oh, uh, MJ, right? Yeah. Yeah, no. As somebody who doesn't care for basketball? <laughs> I've heard it's incredible. It's insane. <laughs> it's so fucking... I get so jazzed up. Yeah. Like, I get so worked up watching it because it's so intense. Yeah. And to get into the minds of those players, to understand yeah. Scottie Pippen, Dennis it's Rodman... It's the, like, Chicago Bulls, right? It's the Chicago Bulls' final season. Oh, man. And it goes into the, the chaos behind the scenes. It goes into... Like, it goes into their history to explain them as people. And to understand Michael Jordan on this deep of a level is is insane that somebody like that existed and I didn't pay full attention when I was a kid. Yeah. Like, I paid minimal attention. He's like a superhuman. Yeah. he, he Not only was he a superhuman, it was just his... You think I have hyperage. <laughs> like, he is the godfather of hyperage. Love it. Of, of just... He, he just wanted to destroy all the time yeah like there's guys in the in the in the show who are saying yeah we just thought it was practice 
but MJ came in and then he made it seem like it was the championship. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, that's why he's MJ. That's why he's M. That's like literally why he's MJ. Yeah. It's because he had this, this hardcore mindset of just, I'm going to do whatever I can to win. I'm going to do whatever I can to succeed. I'm going to yeah. do whatever I can to be, to come out on top. If you play that hard for practice, imagine how hard you play when it's the championship. Oh. <laughs> it's, Please watch it. Yeah, Please I, watch I really it. do. I love a good documentary. See, I hate, I hate, I don't hate, I don't care for basketball. Yeah. I love that. I love that documentary. It sounds great. It's like um, Senna. The, oh, I love Senna too. Senna was so good. <laughs> like a good documentary is just a good documentary. Part of the thing that's good about it is it makes you care about something you couldn't give half a shit about. It's like what, Tiger King. Tiger King was weird, but it, like I, I was obsessed with it. That's what got me into uh, Formula One. Yeah. Watching the, Senna. No, uh, Senna got me to... Senna planted the seed of curiosity when the Drive to Win, I believe it's called. Yeah. Um, the Formula One show mm-hmm. on Netflix with that follows the formula one teams and their drivers and the managers and the owners um i i said you know what i'll watch it because mm-hmm. it's the guy who did senna uh, i like helped out on this so i'll watch it mm-hmm. and next thing you know like i'm four seasons i'm four episodes in the first season and now i'm watching formula one like on tv <laughs> yes yeah because <laughs> now i know what's going on yeah now i get exactly it. before i just thought I, I always liked formula one because i just like the idea of how, how crazy the cars are mm-hmm. but now i know the mechanics going on behind the scenes yeah it's insane that's good. Did you know a pit stop in Formula One should not last longer than two seconds? Yes, <laughs> and they keep uh, they broke a record recently. I forget what team, but it was like 0.8 seconds or whatever. It's and it, like it doesn't look like they're doing anything. <laughs> they like pull up and then lift the car and then it goes. I'm like, what did you do? They refueled the tank. They don't. What? They don't refuel the tank. I so I because I was blown away when I saw their their pit stops. Yeah. Um or their box stops. And I, I was so blown away because I was just saying, there's no way you can refuel in two seconds. There's just, you can't, physics does not demand you do that much liquid to go from point A to point B. <laughs> you, you physically can't. When I researched it, it turns out they stopped. They stopped refueling them because it oh. was a hazard. Oh, because there'd be like loose gas. Because they're using like jet fuel. So, <laughs> so if there's loose gas and there's a spark, a car explodes. And that's the like the invisible fire or whatever happens with that stuff, right? Like oh, the I don't know. F1 gas. Oh, I don't know. Remember, have you seen Talladega Nights? Yes. Remember when Ricky but Bobby that was thinks, NASCAR. Well, when he thinks he's on fire. Yes. That's an actual thing that happens in F1. <laughs> Oh, like you'll okay. see guys like doing this and there's nothing around them and that's why it's funny that ricky bobby thought it was happening to him in nascar <laughs> it, it, they just use gasoline yeah. in nascar <laughs> yeah um no it's insane the, the, the craziest thing to me is they pro stock the car so it's kind of just like the car is so finely tuned for performance yeah that a single bump can blow up the car yeah and they bump <laughs> so it's like <laughs> It's just, and I didn't know how much technology was behind it, where they Mm. have teams monitoring everything, Mm. fuel line pressure, oil pressure, fluid pressure for the transmission. It's all being sent to a computer. They have computer screens. They have teams figuring out like, hey, you're losing compression on this and this and this ratio on that tire. Slow it down so we can lower the compression rate so we can make sure. And it's like, well, if we slow down, we're going to lose 0.7 seconds on this lap. It's just like. (laughs) Uh, do it in turn three, and the, you can you can you can take it easy from turn three to turn four, and then oh my pile God. on to turn four. And just also the crazy thing is, and this is the cool this is the cool thing that makes it crazy. You know how cars just like all of a sudden she can just be faster than the other. 
Mm -hmm. It's like, and they just come in front. Yeah. It's because they can, they can push it to do that. Yeah. Like I can, it's not like your car is infinitely faster at, at this part of the, of the curve. Yeah. A lot of it is I need to be willing to push my car to go faster for this one turn that even though like theoretically, if I do that, I don't have the power to control this car to come out of the turn. But if I can do it just perfect and I can hit it just right before it hits chaos and then calm it down right before I lose it to chaos, Mm. I can beat you in this turn and they do it. And a lot of the communications they have in their headsets when you watch the show Mm -hmm. is their their, uh, race uh, chief telling them to go. It's like you need to push it. You need to push. You need to push. You need to go. You need to go. And you can see them kind of freezing up because they're just, if I do this, I can die because I don't think I can control it. But my race chief is saying, my crew chief is saying I need to do it at this point because I need to overtake in this part of the lap. Yeah, because there's like done, not another opportunity. And they've later. done the math and they know that this guy slows down at this part of this turn and if i speed up at the apex i can overtake him if i'm willing to risk it yeah and then you see guys who are willing to risk it and Mm -hmm. you see them just it looks easy to them because they're just flying around yeah it's because they're they're like on the brink of death that entire time they're on the they're more willing to just say if i die doing this i die and they go for it jesus and the fact that they have 4k like in the car views of the road and you see how it's not sped up that's the part that blows me away it's not it looks like it's on fast forward it looks like it's on fast forward the way they're turning it looks sped up but it's not it's normal speed and you get like motion sick because it's insane because they're not high up no they're super low so you're at ground there was no metal below them their ass would be dragging on the ground so when you're at ground level and you can see in real time the speed they're doing shit it's terrifying and i didn't respect four real one until i saw that yeah and that's when i was just thinking these guys are absolutely there's a reason why there's only 20 human beings on the planet that can do this (laughs) because that's also it yeah 20 people yeah that's the entire league yeah that's not like oh that's that's 20 people for team ferrari or or team renault no that's the whole sport is 20 people that's crazy (laughs) because only 20 people are good enough to do it and tony stark and tony stark right (laughs) and tony stark's capable of doing it he did it at monaco actually which is the the most i think the most beautiful spot Um, that's f1 right f1 yeah Yeah. The, the, the the monaco location yeah um but yeah like that's the crazy thing there's there's more people on a hockey team <laughs> for a game for a team there's like what, 21 22 people yeah per per roster but there's so much that goes on behind oh yeah dude just yeah millions and millions like, of dollars you can have a job that your job is oh i'm the back right tire that's, that's it that's me <laughs> that's it and i practice all day oh, by the way one mess up yeah. One, I didn't torque that bolt to spec. And that human being dies. And that wheel falls off. Yeah. 100%. Like, it happens. Yeah. It's just, oh, shit, I don't know if I torqued it entirely. And it's one bolt, right? It's, um, I think it's one. I think it is just one. Just, yeah. Vroom, just, <laughs> that's it. Vroom, and it's that's crazy. It. If you watch, like, there's a really good, like, 240 frames per second of a pit stop that's, like, <laughs> under a second long. And it's just like, I can't keep up with how much is happening at 240 frames per second. Like, it's 10 times slower. <laughs> if you watch the show, and which you really should, yeah. um, on top of The Last Dance, the, like, 
intro cutscene, like the intro splash, is just a pit stop. <laughs> it's just like drive to win. Like, oh, that's okay, it. Cool. Like, yeah, I love it. Like that's the whole intro. That's it. That's <laughs> opening the, credits. The opening credits is a pit stop, so it takes about two seconds. <laughs> that's, that's so it. good. And it's but yeah. They some team recently set a record, uh, like a few months ago, right before COVID, I think. That's um, absurd. And it was like th- that looks stupid. <laughs> like it's it, absurd. It's about the speed of you. Like it. Like he just comes to a stop and then goes and then but they like replaced all four of his tires yep. they gave him a little gatorade or whatever <laughs> i don't know if maybe. they did that but. yeah i was gonna say maybe probably not they probably, yeah. no the time it takes to find it with your mouth the yeah. straw it's, it's just like too go, and you're just gone <laughs> you're just gone that's fascinating yeah what else are you watching on netflix um ooh, i'm watching uh right now i love it fear city Fear City. Fear City. That sounds like a dubs thing. (laughs) Tell me about this. Fear City is the breakdown of how the FBI used the RICO Act to take out the mob. The uh, the mob. The mafia in New York. The RICO is... That's from The Dark Knight, right? (laughs) It's where if you could take down one person in an organization, you could take down everybody related to him for the same crime. It's it's a Rico. The Rico Act allows you to take down somebody who didn't do the crime, but uh, was a part of it for the same crime. For the same. So if so, the, the, literally, it's so. If the boss of the mafia tells the underboss to to do X, Y, and Z extortion acts, and the underboss goes to the captains who tells the soldiers, if you capture the soldier and they can link it to one person, who can link it to one person. They all get the same crime. Just because the boss didn't do it and commit it mm. doesn't matter anymore. You can link them to Love being it. a part of that act. Genius. And because of the RICO Act, that's how they did it. Yeah. But it's um it, it's a Netflix uh it's a Netflix show. Super well done because Netflix is crushing right now. They really are with these uh, docu series. Yeah. Um, it's done so well and it's so cool because they interview the FBI people. They interview lot like people who were in it. They yeah. interview they interview mafia enforcers. Who got out of jail? Mm-hmm. They, I think they had a captain, a mafia captain, who's out of jail, and they mm-hmm. interviewed him about it. Um, they interviewed the FBI agents who did it. It's you hear about how they wired things and how crazy that shit was, and it seems like a fucking movie. Yeah, but nope, that's how they had to. That's how they did it. They had to fake See, to be a repairman and come in, and they had to fix it. Like it's. I mean, yeah, that's where they got those ideas for movies, right? Yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> true, true. But it's super well done, and. Um, yeah, it, it reminds me of uh, of of part of my family because they're from Brooklyn. So to hear them <laughs> say like and they all got arrested. No, no, but to hear them say like in the Mama Luke's, you know, and they're just saying like yeah. these wise guys. They want to be wise guys, and, and just because I got that shit when I was a kid. I was like, what? You a wise guy? You yeah. a wise guy or something? Um, it's just funny because it makes me think of my family. But it's just also crazy to think that that like New York City was run by mafia people. Yeah. Is mind blowing. Yeah, because it was real. Yeah, <laughs> it seems like a movie. It seems fake. Yeah, it's just. What do you mean they? What do you mean they ran the unions? What do you mean they controlled the unions? Yep. Like they controlled unions. Yep. What are you talking about? Yep. And then you hear him. You hear him on on wiretaps. They're saying. So I told that cocksucker. I told him you don't have the two hundred thousand by the time I come back. I'm breaking your fucking kneecaps. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, and it also sounds like it's from a movie. Yeah, it sounds like it's from a movie, but they fucking did it. They fucking. Then they're interviewing the 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 former mafia guys, and it's crazy to hear them talk so openly about it. They're just. Mm. So I showed up and I say, "All right, where's the money? Give me a thousand dollars. All right, I got a thousand. I need two. 
Where's the other thousand? <laughs> he says, that's all I got is a thousand. So I give him a licking and I say, next time, I'm not going to be so nice to you. You have the thousand next week. All right. A licking meaning he beat him beat the close fuck to out death. Him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a boxer. Yeah. <laughs> it shows him in cutscenes just like hitting the heavy bag. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I was 18. You know, I was, I was, uh, I was on the scene. You know, I have friends and family around and uh you, you just get in the business yeah you know you get a few dollars here and a few dollars there ever since i could remember i always wanted to be part of the mob <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's crazy and you got like you got fat tony and you got you got all these guys <laughs> no i'm that's a serious no name. i know it's a serious name and you got the gambonis you got joey bag of donuts yep <laughs> you got john Gotti. john yeah. Gotti. what i thought john Gotti was an underboss he was a captain which is even lower? It's lower. Oh, interesting. It goes boss, underboss, the captains who had sh- who had soldiers. Yeah. And John Gotti was a captain. Interesting. I didn't know that. I thought he was higher up. Yeah. Um, but it's it's great. But it's just I just can't. I just I just I just watch it and I'm just I'm just in disbelief. Yeah. I'm just like this can't be a that real. Also sounds fascinating. This can't be a real thing. Yeah. And it's just, did you get the package? It's on the wiretap. It's like I got the package. I got the package. I went to the docks. I got the package. I brought it over to him. He said it's not enough. So what do you mean it's not enough? He's like I said it's not enough. It's like did you tell did you tell Fat Tony it's not enough? You want me to go tell Fat Tony it's not enough? Or do you want to go tell him that? Huh? <laughs> God, it's like, that's so good. It's like well no we don't need to go tell Fat Tony nothing. It's like well how about this? How about you go get enough and then we can go to Fat Tony and we can make sure it's okay. And bring a cannoli. <laughs> <laughs> not that far but no. <laughs> it's just you want me to you think i'm gonna go to fat tony and tell him it's not enough it's yeah. not gonna happen all right That's it's so not gonna happen i gotta watch that it's great how long is it it's like a mini series it's right? like a mini series I, I honestly don't know i just i saw it and i just thought uh i mean i i guess it's it's more it's the only thing that piques my interest so i'll just watch it mm-hmm. and then boom i was hooked because awesome. it, it was so well done yeah um i watched the last dance when it came out on TV, when they were doing it once a week on Sunday nights. Oh, I didn't even know they did that. Yes. Where uh, was what, it? Uh, ESPN. Oh, okay. It's an ESPN and Netflix uh, production. And I was watching wow. it on ESPN when they were showing it on Sunday nights. And it was so... I, I never thought I'd get that hooked mm-hmm. into basketball. Yeah. About the Chicago Bulls. It's, there was something about those Bulls, though. Like, even as... Only a, like once a, you did it like that. Yeah, I know. Like, that like intro music that they had the ladies and gentlemen your 1998 chicago bulls and like they'd come out and it was like fucking superheroes coming out it's like (laughs) the scene in the every avengers movie where it's like one panning shot where it shows all of them it's like oh my god yeah they got all these guys on one team yeah and and just to hear from them about what they did Mm -hmm. um like what they bad like i didn't know michael jordan's dad died was mm. murdered oh. i didn't know that i vaguely remember that see i don't remember i don't remember that i don't rem- i don't i remember some of some of dennis rodman's problems oh but my god that's right he was on that team but they go through all of that they go through Jeez. there's so much drama behind the scenes and behind all of it is this weird presence of michael jordan mm. where here's the other crazy thing that you will be blown by blown away by the quality of footage they have mm. is so like, well. How did they get 4K in 97? <laughs> <laughs> the amount. I remember watching the TV downstairs. I was walking through because my girlfriend had it on. I remember saying, is this original footage? She said, yep. I said, how? It can't be. They can't have footage from 97 looking this good. 
I mean, have you seen that video of uh, like 1920s San Francisco and 4K 60 FPS? <laughs> it's insane. It's so it like it doesn't look real. It looks like a movie set, but it's so cool to see it like that because you're like, wow, that's what it actually looked like back yes. then. Because you always see like these grainy black and white, and it's always that like a weird thing. Ten frame per you second. You think people just walk like robots, and they're like, man, <laughs> nice to meet you. Got any apples, Johnny? And, yeah. Um, and like they probably talked more or less like that but like actually see them like they like uh speed corrected it like because a reel like on the downstroke or something it plays slightly faster so that's why it's kind of like staggered like that and like they touched up like the edges that had like that little vignette thing they'd like fixed that and then they somehow added artificial frames in between to like this is what the frame in between these would look like the amount of money spent on The Last Dance to have that shit mm. remastered to perfection, yeah. you're going to you're gonna watch it. You're going to just say, this is insane how they have footage like this. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what I thought. I just thought this is insane that their footage looks this good. It yeah. looks so good. And then there's um, the World War One documentary that Peter Jackson made. Ooh, and, I never even heard of that. Oh, it's basically the same idea. He just took a bunch of World War One footage and made a documentary telling the story of World War One with uh, digitally remastered footage. It's like beautiful 1080p colorized, Ooh. Uh, and it's insane. It looks okay. like Saving Private Ryan, but for World War One. Oh shit! <laughs> Which okay. we've seen videos of like World War Two and stuff like that. Yeah, and it looks okay because it was in the 40s. Um, but seeing it with World War One is like unreal looking. It's we shall never know their names or something like that. Okay. I think is the name is of that it. Netflix. I don't think so. Okay. I think it's still one of the things that like a streaming service hasn't picked up yet, but it's, okay. it's incredible. Well, speaking of Netflix, what are you watching on Netflix? Middleditch and Schwartz. Have you heard of this? No. Do you know Thomas Middleditch? No. He's the main character from Silicon Valley. Yes. He's also been in the Verizon commercials recently. Yes. He's kind of the mousy looking guy. Yeah, I know. Uh, and Ben Schwartz, who is he sounds familiar. Jean Ralphio from Parks and Rec. Don't didn't watch Parks and Rec. Um, I can't think of anything else he's in. But um, okay, two of them. Two of them comedians, hilarious, doing long form improv together on stage. So it, the way it works is they come out, they like joke around for a little bit, but then they just ask the audience a question, uh, and I think all three. There's three episodes. Each one's an hour long. And they ask a question of like, "What's something you're excited about or anxious about?" And then they'll like listen, and then they'll think, hear something interesting, and then they'll find that person, and they'll like talk back and forth for like five or ten minutes, and like learn more about the story and figure out like the whole story. And they usually like have fun talking to the customer, and it's like kind of crowd work. And then they're like, "Okay, I think that's enough." And then they do improv for forty five minutes straight, telling that story. It's like one story. Like one scene, essentially. Um, And it's so, like, they make a story of it each time with, like, a beginning, a middle, and an end that calls back to the beginning and, like, ties it up in a nice little bow. And it's, like, I had tears and my back was sore. Hilarious. They're so good. It's, like, the hardest I've laughed in months. (laughs) Like, you have to watch it. It's so good. Everybody has to watch it. Okay. It's three episodes. First one's very, very good. Second one, I've seen three times now. And the third one is also very, very good. It's called what again? Middle Ditch and Schwartz. Middle Ditch it's and Swartch. Schwartz. Schwartz. Um, if you search Middle Ditch, it'll pop up. Middle Ditch. Middle Ditch. Okay. You know how there's like three ditches? It's not the left one or the right one. It's the Middle Ditch. Oh, uh, okay. I thought this was some like Middle Ditch and Schwartz. I found it. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
absolutely hilarious. And it just makes me feel so good to laugh that hard. Because, like, not to be a downer, but, like, everything that's been going on the last six months in the country has been awful. Uh, But (laughs) it's so good. Because it's so different. And it's so genuinely funny and you could like see their gear their their brains working turning yeah and like i don't i've never done improv i play a bunch of D, which is kind of improv That's like improv. you definitely have like improv conversations That's and improv-y. it can get really funny yeah but not really sometimes they do but not breaking character for 45 minutes and the way they do it is so interesting i've seen improv things here and there and i've never seen them do it quite like this where usually one person plays a character and then there's like seven people on stage and they each have a character they play for this scene but since it's just two of them it's two of them and they each have a chair that they could like move around wherever to make the scene work and like one of them will walk in and it'll be a teacher and then the other one plays a student sitting in a chair and then the guy who's playing the teacher will go play another student real quick and then the guy who's playing that first student will think of something funny for the teacher to say. So he'll go and stand where the teacher is standing, and all of a sudden he's playing the teacher. So both uh, M- Thomas Middleditch and Ben Schwartz play any character who they invent. Like once a new character appears in the scene, that character is up for grabs for either of them to start playing. Like if it's I, it's hard to explain. Okay. But like each character can be played by either guy at any moment. And it's it's really really well done. Okay, it's so so funny. You know what else that I watched mm. on Netflix? Yes, um, I love it. I love. I, I binged it, and then it's just it's so peaceful. Mm. Um, the Midnight Gospel. Oh, okay. Weird. <laughs> that's like the animated thing. That's like yeah. super trippy and uh, doesn't make any sense. Yes, it, it makes so much sense. I love it. I love it. <laughs> that, I can see you loving that. It's, it's for, for those listening. It's free therapy on Netflix. You should watch it and listen to it. Mm. Um, it's also a podcast. It is. Yeah, it's a really weird podcast. It's it's it's. I started watching it, and one of my best friends. I think my old, yeah, my oldest friend that I've had. Um, he he reached out to me, just said, "Hey, you should watch Midnight Gospel." I've been watching, it, I like it, and we've been friends since like high school. So I was just, yeah, okay. He and knows he, you. He knows me, yeah. and, I, and I trust him. And I watched the first episode, and I was laughing, thinking this show is ridiculous. Yeah. I don't get it at all. But then halfway through the first episode, it hit me, mm. and I was just, oh. I like this. Oh. Oh, this is interesting. I like what they're talking about. And then the second episode I started watching, I just went, oh, this is, I don't get it. But he, here's the problem. Here's the problem with the, with Midnight Gospel and with people who have a problem with Midnight Gospel or shows like it. Yes. It's a very trippy show on purpose. Mm-hmm. And the idea is because any kind of experience like that, that's so... That's so out of I don't I can't put it into a realm I can't put it into a context and I can't put it into something that I can make tangible for me to digest is forcing is trying to force a matter of control over it not in some kind of weird uh, like authoritarian way mm-hmm. but just a matter of I need to under I need to have control of the situation in the sense that I need to know where I am I need to know what this is I need to have a reference to feel comfortable you need to give it a genre you need I, to... I yeah it, it's it's the people it's the same thing with people who when they get the spins they they don't like it because they are not in control mm. I, I can't mm-hmm. control my balance I can't control my equilibrium I feel off the the point of 
for me that I would say to somebody watching Midnight Gospel and feeling that like I don't get it, there's too much going on, it's so trippy, what the fuck? The point of it is to is to acknowledge that. Mm. When you acknowledge, oh man, I I don't understand this experience. Instead of fighting it to say I need to understand it, I need to control it, I need to have a reference, I need to be, I need this to be a part of something that I can have in a frame. Once you let go of that, and you just go. It's all good, man. Like, it is what it is. You just (laughs) let it go. And this, I know this is very hippie talk, but it's true. When you let it go and you stop trying to force it into that and you just let it be and let it exist in its own self. Yeah. In its own reality. For what it is. Instead of forcing into your reality, it's so much easier to digest. And Mm. that's why it's relaxing. Because instead of forcing the experience to be something that's, that's tangible for you, when you just let it exist... You mm-hmm. just let it be and you just let it run its course. It's really peaceful because okay. you accept the fact that you cannot control it. You accept the fact that I can't put this into my own like realistic construct mm-hmm. of or realism construct for me to have to be tangible with these elements. When you just let it be its own thing and you just say, that's a thing that exists. Mm. I don't know why... You know, the elephant dog is eating its own ear while talking about, you know, the platitudes of death when it comes to understanding and acknowledging oneself. Like when you when you when you just realize that that's just a thing that's happening. Yeah. And you just just take it and you and you just say, like, I don't need to know what that is. I don't need to understand why that's happening. It just is. It's okay. It's a really peaceful show. Then what do you get out of it? Peace. (laughs) Just like just watching it happen yeah is it like so, so like the way it's told is it like soothing or calming yes i, I listened yes. to half an episode of the podcast you need to watch it hated it you need to watch it. and <laughs> you need to watch it it seemed like it was just trying to be trippy for trippiness's sake and then i watched about five minutes of the show i'm like it's just the podcast with pictures <laughs> pretty much yeah it's super peaceful it's because they're really awesome ideas that I like that they talk about, but also, I don't know. I, I've I've learned when it comes to like the the physiological experience of something like, for example, getting too drunk, mm. right? And just being like, no, man, like ah, oh, like the room spinning. Like when you relinquish that, the, mm. like I needed to stop spinning, and st- when you stop fighting it, yeah, and you just go, yeah, it's spinning spinning man like it's fine like it's okay that's very groove bang of you it's it's okay it's spinning (laughs) um yeah right when when you when you when you go with the flow with it of just relinquishing the need to control it it's really peaceful Mm. and it's because we don't do that very often it's it's part of why i think the majority of what's happening this year is conflict Mm. it's because you're trying to change the construct of my reality with Mm -hmm. yours and i can't deal with that so no, I am gonna, I am gonna, I'm not gonna wear a mask like yeah. that. You know what I mean? Just, just yeah. because that I don't, I, I can't understand the construct of why. Yeah. Because I need to fight for my thing, and my thing is I don't wear masks in grocery Ooh. stores. Uh, okay. You know, and it's I'm picking up what you're putting. Down so with yeah, this yeah. Show. Do you get it now? Yes. It's kind of just it, it's it's we need things to be the way that we can ingest them and the way that we can can make sense of it to understand it because that's how we have peace. You know, and 
it's natural for us to to try to fight and force that to happen. Yeah. I need the square peg to go in the square hole mm-hmm. because it's always been that for me. It's always worked. It's like, well, what if I took that square peg and put it in a big round hole? It fits. <laughs> it's like, no, it goes in the square. Square goes a square. Square doesn't or go it's like a, it's like a, there's a square peg and a square hole. And then there's a round hole that clearly won't fit the square peg. But you go to push it through, and it just fits. Yeah. And your brain is like, that that, that shouldn't fit. It's that like, doesn't work. But this one does. But it does. Yeah. <laughs> so just push it through. Yeah. But, but and yeah, but it, that is that. To me, yeah. it, it's, it's like a small sample metaphor to say about what I think a lot of people's, um, when you think somebody's crazy for why they're doing what they're doing when it comes to stuff that's happening in today's world, I think yeah. it's that. I think it's just, you don't see my side of this reality. Yeah. You're seeing your own, and you're fighting it. Yeah, because I'm making sense. Mm. My that peg does fit in that hole when it's not supposed to, and it never has in your eyes. But I'm showing you that it does, <laughs> and now you're just like, no, no, that's not how that works. All lives matter. Like oh, it's just, no. it's just. <laughs> but. <laughs> okay, but, but you know what I mean, right? Like yeah. it's just, it's just. It's just like it's the fight. It, it it's the it's the fight against against that change, against yeah. that against the acceptance of that. Instead of when I watched Midnight Gospel, for the first half of the first episode, mm-hmm. I was doing it, and I know I knew I was doing it because I felt like, what is going on? Like I, I, it's just this. When that's the majority of what's in my head, what is going on, and I'm struggling and I'm reaching, I'm trying to look at this with an abstract viewpoint, mm-hmm. and then I realize I don't need to. It's just happening, mm. whatever, and you just let it go. Then I focused on what they were talking about, and it was really peaceful because their conversation is basically a podcast, and it's super peaceful when they're talking. And then it's just, oh, I get it now. And it's almost like it's the dichotomy of, of the point of the, the point of the show is the dichotomy I think of what you're seeing visually and what you're hearing, and that is what you're seeing is the opposite of what they're saying. So you're seeing, for example, weird abstract violence yeah because they're talking about the acceptance and and peace of not having it yeah do you know what i mean so like you're getting this weird back and forth between the two juxtaposition yeah yeah. and that's what i like about it that's cool so for me i found it super peaceful to the point where it's just it's my favorite thing to watch before i go to bed is Mm, an episode of that that. yeah because it's a process of me letting go yeah of just oh man it's so it's so chill yeah their 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 cadence is so chill. The topic I like, and it's it's there's no arguing. Mm-hmm. It's never a conflict when they're Nobody talking. Nobody ever raises their voice. No, and that's the funny thing. You'll see tons of conflict in the, in what you're seeing graphically. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the shows are nothing but conflict and yeah. fighting and violence and death and killing and and living and processing. It's 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 a lot of that. But the talking is always just. Oh man, I never thought of it like that. Like, okay, so what you're saying is, if we, so that's so weird. It's, that's why I like it. Yeah. So it's it. It definitely seems different. It seems like a like an experience. Yeah, yeah. It's not. I don't watch it to just say, let's watch a great show. Let's watch this and just like like hang out and we can talk about it after. I I, I guess you could, but for me, I found. I like it because I don't think of it as a story. Mm-hmm. I don't think of it as um, a journey of some kind other than it's kind of the review of many life experiences built out over a eight episode arc. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've really like. The last episode is is just 
it's soul crushing how beautiful it's done mm. because it's about um his mother mm-hmm. and i did not expect that at all yeah because you watch this crazy show right and then episode eight is something actually really tangible so you go from this thing where you can't make sense of the majority of the show and then they end it with something that makes perfect sense and yeah. the whole episode's like uh, like in motion and and, and and flowing together with what they're talking about for the first time yeah so it's almost like resolution and coming to peace it's just it's a it's a it's a beautiful show. I mean, I I know it's not for everybody. <laughs> yeah. I know it's not for everybody, but it's just, I think it's great. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I have one more that I, I got to give a shout out. Go, I don't go, know go, if go, I've go. talked about it on the show before. I've been watching it on YouTube because the entire run of the show is on YouTube. Not like uploaded by some dude. It's uploaded by the show itself. Um, so I've just been watching, like, they, they have playlists of just here's season one, or it's series one, because it's British. Um, and we were talking about it a little bit before the show. Not the one I mentioned, but it's kind of a British panel show. Okay. I mentioned that I was, like, obsessed with British panel shows nowadays. It's my new favorite genre of TV show, because British people are hilarious. They're way funnier than uh, American people. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, there's also this weird thing before I get into what the actual show is, there's this weird thing in British television where there's like TV stars that are just famous for appearing on different like British panel shows. What do you mean? Like there's, uh, would I lie to you is the one that I showed you. That's a show all about comedians get on and they read from a card and it's either a card that they wrote the beginning of a story that they, uh, that is true. That actually happened to them. That will be funny that they can tell. Or it's the made-up beginning of a story that producers wrote on the card, and they read it, and then the other team has to, like, grill them and ask them a bunch of questions to elaborate on the story to see if it's real or fake. So it's basically a game about, like, bluffing, uh, either trying to convince them that the fake story you're telling is real, or or telling a real story, but, like, kind of throwing them off a little bit and, like, stumbling over your words and, like like fake thinking about what you're going to say next to try to make them think that it's maybe fake. So it's like a bluff show. It's a bluff show. And it's, it's called what I lie to you, but there's people on it that I've seen on a bunch of other British panel shows. Like there's, uh, eight out of 10 cats is the name of one that Jimmy Carr hosts. Oh, okay. Um, and then there is one called, uh, countdown. Although I think that's technically the same show as eight out of 10 cats. And then there's QI, uh, there's the Graham Norton show. There's like Graham Norton, yeah. All these shows that like I don't know of a bunch of these people anything other than they're either just stand up comedians or they're just their job is to just be funny on panel shows, which is a a job that we don't have here in America. No, we don't. And it's so interesting. And I could be wrong. I could have just not seen them in anything else. Right. Right. Or maybe they have like small roles here and there. But that's so fascinating to me, and I've been watching all of them, and they're all funny. But my favorite one, the one I've been watching on YouTube, is called Taskmaster. Have I told you about this at all? I think you've said Taskmaster, but you never explained it. So it's it apparently started as just a game that a couple comedian friends would play just by themselves for fun off camera. Um, that one of them, they did it for like a comedy show, like a stand-up special. And there was like a producer in the audience and he was like, that would make a brilliant TV show. I just said brilliant because I've been watching so much British TV, but brilliant, brilliant. Uh, So what it is, is there's a taskmaster, which is played by Greg Davies, who's a British comedian. 
Um, and each season, they have five comedians come on, and it's like on a stage in front of a live audience. And what they do is they show these tasks that were pre-recorded uh, that each of them had to do in isolation. Like they had to do them alone with the co-host. The co-host is the one who like assigns and handles the tasks. And the tasks are insane. Like one of them, my favorite one, the one that got me hooked on the show was they read the card. They always read a card that's like sealed with wax. Like it's very like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> they open it up and the my the one that got me hooked was go into the next room. And in the next room, there is a watermelon. Eat as much watermelon as you can in one minute. Your time starts when you enter the room. So you could just walk into the room and deal with the watermelon that's in there and try to eat as much of it as you can. You don't know what's in that room, but the second you open the door, your minute starts. Or you could be like, okay, it's a watermelon. I'm in a house. Because they film it in this Taskmaster house that's like a it's like a little house, a British house that's like furnished like a real house. So there's okay. a kitchen with okay. silverware and stuff like this. <clears throat> uh, so you could like go downstairs and get a knife and get a spoon and whatever and then go in and there's a fucking watermelon on a table. So you cut it in half and like spoon out and eat as much of it as you can. But then there's a couple guys who weren't clever enough to go get a knife. So they walk in and it's a whole watermelon, like uncut. <laughs> so they're like, shit. So they like pick it up above their heads and they're going to throw it on the ground because they don't know how hard or soft a watermelon is, I guess. They think they're going to have to like smash it like a coconut. My favorite one is he picks it up above his head, smashes it on the ground, and then just goes, oh shit, because it explodes. <laughs> Because watermelons are basically like brittle water balloons. Yeah, they're soft. They're pretty soft. So he's on all fours, scooping up watermelon off the ground, oh eating God. as much of it as he can. And then th this girl walks in. She sees a whole watermelon on the table and goes, oh, how am I going to get in that? And then leaves the room, goes downstairs to the kitchen, gets a knife, walks back up. By the time she's come back up, 54 seconds have passed. <laughs> so she has six minutes to cut the watermelon in half, and she takes one tiny six little seconds, bite. Six seconds, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's so funny. And all the tasks are, like, that stupid. <laughs> um, and it's they're all written in such a brilliant way where it's you have to be clever to get really good good at the task like you have to think of something that like makes you solve it quickly or best or whatever uh like another one that i love is they take them to like this town square it's filmed right outside of london so they take them to like some outdoor mall in london yeah. and the task is find someone who is 55 years old <laughs> fastest wins and they're in public in like this mall so a bunch of people just run up to a bunch of people and say are you 55 <laughs> And it's so awkward, but some people are like, one guy makes a sign and holds it up and says, if you're 55, I'll give you 10 quid or something like that. <laughs> and he just holds it up and waits for some, some dude approaches him and he's like, hi, I'm, I'm 55. Uh, and then one person finds like a 54 year old and they're like, ah, oh, crap. Okay. Well, hi, nice to meet you. Blah, blah, blah. And then finds a baby and they're like, wait, how old is that baby? And they're like, he just turned one. Okay, cool. Boom. 55. <laughs> <laughs> they like it's all up to the taskmaster of like if that counts and it's like everyone has me cracking up they're so funny we watch very different things yeah we do <laughs> yeah we do i watch things that make sense <laughs> you watch happy positive funny things yeah i do I watch i need that right now man i watch the complete opposite yeah um, oh, that's so good i could just <laughs> list tasks because just the and so the way it's filmed is 
it, they're on a stage. So like on in like an auditorium okay. um, and it's the taskmaster and the assistant sitting across from the five comedians and they introduce them and then they're like, okay, here's the first task. And they have a big projector and they show the comedians walking into the room or the mini mall or whatever. And they read the task and they're like, oh shit, how am I going to do that? And then ha ha ha, it's funny. And they go back and they like do a little talking segment and then they're like, they watch maybe one of them at a time or two of them at a time if they did it really similarly um or, or they just play all of them at the same time and they do so many funny little twists throughout the season to make it special like every once in a while they'll just have one person do a task <laughs> just because like it's just extra one. extra mean or extra annoying like one of them they walked out into like this huge soccer stadium and there's a huge like seven foot tall inflatable beach ball <laughs> and uh the assistant wasn't there and the assistant's always there when they read the task and he wasn't there and they're like what's going on and they read the task and it says hide this ball from alex you have five minutes you cannot destroy the ball (laughs) they're just on a big soccer field and they're like what the fuck and they only made one person do that and they were so frustrated what do they do uh they ended up trying to they're like trying to push it over the wall to get it out of the soccer stadium but it was so big that they couldn't like hoist it over so alex came out after five minutes and they just stood in front of it (laughs) they're so clearly behind them but it's so like i'm every once in a while i'll like watch out my breaks at work and my sister will come into my room because i'm like screaming laughing and she's like can you turn it down because i'm working over here oh my god it's so funny so funny and that's on youtube it's on youtube yeah i don't know why but like the whole thing there's six seasons and it's all uploaded on youtube so you could just type in taskmaster go to their page click on playlists and and just just click on season one and it just plays through season one holy shit it's so good i want to know out of my recommendations Will you watch The Last Dance first? I was going to say, I, I thought you were going to ask which one would I watch and absolutely The Last Dance. Yeah, okay, good. Maybe the Senna thing. I actually haven't seen Senna. You haven't seen Senna? No, I've seen like the trailers for it and I've read reviews and I've seen like, I've read reviews where it's like, oh, the way it does this is so incredible and blah, blah, blah. So I might, yeah. I would watch the movie Senna, which is like everywhere. Senna's done a, it's a style. Yeah. And when you watch the... Oh, what is okay? It's not Drive to Win because that's a real cheesy fucking name. Is it the Chris Hemsworth movie? No, no, it's the one I was talking about with the uh, Formula One Drive to Survive. Drive to Survive. That's the one that's done by the guys who did Senna. Yeah. Um, that's where you should watch after Last Dance because cool. that's intense. Just to see what like 4K POV in yeah. front of a Formula One car looks like. Yeah, it's just mind blowing. What of my shows are you gonna watch? I could run through them again if you want. Middle Ditch and Schwartz, Taskmaster. Probably Middle Ditch and Schwartz. Would I lie to you? We will shall never know their names. Uh, Middle Ditch and Schwartz. Yeah, it's. I highly okay. recommend it. It's. It's funny. It's so easy. I, I'm. To. In, I'm intrigued by their storytelling. It's so really that's good. What, that's what intrigues me. Yeah. Um, but I got to finish the uh, Fear City one about the mafia. Yeah. Oh, because... you haven't finished it yet. No, I'm only four episodes in. So it's. Gotcha. It breaks down the entire thing. It breaks down how the FBI had no clue what to do. <laughs> to they maybe had an idea. To they figured out Rico. Mm. To how do we implement Rico? To there's five families. How do we take down each family? Mm. To we just found out about the commission, which is all five families actually work together, which means instead of five separate cases with five different acts of Rico, it is one act of giant Rico. <laughs> On five crime families wow. that are running 
the entire like eastern i think all of north america this sounds like the dark knight <laughs> it's crazy because it's kind of like it. It, it, yeah. it it kind of it kind of makes things make sense um because i never knew how mafia or mob stuff works i just yeah. thought it was extortion it was contracts for yeah. hits and that's it no it's actually it's, it's a like lot a business. of business it's it's a business yeah. like I thought the boss was just this guy who was like, kill this guy, don't kill this guy. Turns out, like, no, they need to worry about, you know, how many people are hired for this and what are they doing for that? Like, yeah. they even mentioned it in the show, in the series. They're, they're like, the FBI is saying, the more we uncovered with our wiretaps, the more we realized these mafia heads were actually running, like, Fortune 500 companies. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> because, A, they had that many people, and B, they were pulling in that much money. Yeah, they were wow. pulling in, like, a few hundred million a week. Jesus. <laughs> Between extortion, trade, uh, the unions, wow. uh, drugs, uh, sex work, um, hits, contracts, That's you know, crazy. blackmailing, the whole nine yards. Uh, Why are there bad people? <laughs> um, Because they believe in being selfish and being the victors. Yeah. That's just win or don't uh one of the former mafia heads uh heads one of the former mafia i think captains mm. captains or underbosses um ah uh, captain captain yeah. he said it was just that was just the way things were it was just if you could make a buck you did what you could to make a buck yeah and you were trying to be smart about it and if the fbi thought they could catch on we knew they were on us but they didn't do anything because they didn't have anything so we would just be polite to them mm-hmm. and that was it just the FBI is doing their job. We're doing our job. <laughs> That's what he says. He it's says a job. Our job is to make money. Their job is to catch us if we screw up. That's how it works. Wow. He was like, yeah. He was like, if they caught you, they caught you. But you know, that's their job. They're doing their job, and we're doing our job, making wow. money for ourselves. It's crazy. weird. Yeah. It's weird. It's, I kind of want to watch that one too. <laughs> watch it. Watch either one. Yeah. You know what? Watch that one first because. I think the last dance would make more sense if you watch hockey afterwards, because <laughs> it puts you in the sport mood of okay. what that means for the competition side of it. Sure. Um, compared to uh, Fear City, yeah, Fear City starts kind of slow. Got it. Like the first half of the first episode, it's is, setting everything up. It's too, the first half of the first episode was so slow, I almost stopped it. Yeah, but then it quickly picked up. Mm. It quickly picked up. That reminds me of, and I don't want to go too long, but um, the not Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, Ted Bundy. Uh, Ted Bundy. The Dead Bundy. Ted. <laughs> the Dead Bundy. The Bundy tapes. <laughs> the Ted Bundy tapes. Yeah. Fascinating. Starts really boring. It's like, oh, Ted Bundy was a normal guy and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but, um, and then it's like, and then he kidnapped a girl, beat the shit out of her right in, right next to a beach. Um, yeah. And then, so, so the Ted Bundy tapes is about a guy who wrote a book all about everything Ted Bundy did that the FBI couldn't even get out of him. And he just walked up to him and he's like, Hey, I'm writing a book or I'm working for this magazine. And he like, couldn't get through to him. Cause Ted Bundy up until like three days before he got the death penalty, or the, before he got the electric chair, uh, after he was already convicted, denied everything the entire time. Uh, and then three days before he like gave away a bunch of it, but not all of it as like a, okay, don't kill me in three days. I'll tell you all this evidence. And I have a lot more if you don't kill me and they're like nope we're not dragging the sun anymore is that but um <laughs> that was the first time he genuinely confessed but we know so many more details about what he did because this uh guy who's working for a magazine or a newspaper or something came up with this idea to be like 
okay, here's something where you can tell your story that people want to hear um, without incriminating yourself. Just tell it all in third person. Tell me about if a guy were to do what you were convicted doing, how oh, would he do it? That's smart. Yeah. And, and Ted was like, that's awesome. I like that. <laughs> all right, man. All right, dude. High five. Yeah, no, but it like totally worked. And he told like everything. And it was fat. Like once they were like the way it's told in the show, it's like, and then he just started talking and he wouldn't stop. And he like loved it. He like, it's like so many things he wished he could have told people for 20 years. And all of a sudden he was finally able to, and it's just like a waterfall. And we had to like slow him down because we couldn't write it down fast enough. Yeah. And they're actually like tapes, like voice recordings and like, it's creepy and then i watched the zach efron movie and it was kind of stupid but um um fear city yeah last dance yes um senna senna yeah definitely senna if um i would watch honestly drive to survive before senna okay because that shows that show is so well done yeah and it's uh, yeah i went from again never not appreciating it at all to now i'm just blown away by the entire sport yeah the fact that there's people who are willing to do this yeah it's just like i'm gonna get in a car that weighs like 80 pounds with a jet engine and i'm gonna go <laughs> i'm gonna just try not to die for the next hour yeah and uh yeah hopefully everything goes smooth cool it's just what what <laughs> and also the sound if you can have headphones on or you have a sound mm, bar with a subwoofer that'd be cool the sounds of drive to survive are yeah. also insane nice when you hear just like every little bolt drop and clang on the ground when they're doing stuff it's insane that's cool yeah sweet this feels good we got some good good wrecks going good wrecks yeah oh man (laughs) great wrecks. maybe i'll watch one episode of one of them by next (gasps) week oh how dare you how dare you (laughs) i'm just being real man just just watch one of them yeah maybe i'll try i'll I'll genuinely try what else you got going on i'm i'm really busy I'm so not. (laughs) All right. Cool. All right. See you next week. Bye.